Welcome in to the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we bring to you the Bear Down Podcast. Abdallah, this week has been a little all over the place. Uh, this podcast being recorded on a Friday. We had some big time news with the Chicago Bears uh, throughout the week. Now, here's the deal. We're going to talk about Chase Claypool being traded to the Bears on Tuesday. Also, there was huge, big, breaking ESPN 1000 Chicago Bears news. Yes, there was. If you want to know what that news was, (laughs) you have to go back in time and listen to the podcast of Carmen and Yurko from Tuesday Waddle and Sylvie, Sylvie from Tuesday, Black and Abdallah from Tuesday, to discuss what that big news was. Here on the Bear Down Podcast, we will address it at some point in the future, but if you want to know what the big news was regarding ESPN 1000 and football in this town, check out the podcast from Tuesday. Uh, it was a great day, a celebratory day, and also the Bears made news in their own right on Tuesday By making a huge trade at the trade deadline by sending a second-round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. In return, the Bears get back wide receiver Chase Claypool. We'll preview week nine in the NFL, the Bears and the Dolphins. But since this is the first time we've been able to record the podcast this week, since that news broke, Abdallah, your initial response to the Bears going out and getting a wide receiver for their quarterback. I mean, I like it, obviously. I think that uh, I'd be a hypocrite on this podcast if I said I didn't like it because I was the one saying use a first-round pick on DK Metcalf. So if you use a second-round pick on Chase Claypool, I think he adds a lot of depth to this wide receiver position. I still don't think he's a true number one, but he's a number one right now for this team. He's probably your best wide receiver right now. Now it's going to take a few weeks for him to get acclimated. Uh, you know, this is week nine, so maybe like week 10. I, I heard Courtney Cronin earlier today say week 11 is when you'll probably see like a full Chase Claypool like unleashed and have a full d- grasp of the playbook. Like, I mean, think about it. He's had what? Two practices in a walkthrough, right? Like today's not a real practice on a Friday. It's more of a walkthrough. You have real, real practices Wednesday and Thursday. So I'm sure he'll be out there a lot, but hopefully they can mix him in because he's got, he's a big body and can catch. So hopefully he's involved in the red zone should the Bears get there. Uh, I think that the compensation's fine. A second round pick, your second round pick, not the one that they got earlier this week from the Ravens when they traded, uh, Roquan Smith to the Ravens. But I think it's fine because you use your draft pick to draft a proven wide receiver. You're probably going to use that second-round pick on either a wide receiver or an offensive lineman or something like that anyway. So why not get something that's already proven in this league? You know he can catch. You know he's a big body. You know that he can be a difference maker. He's still not your number one. You'll probably end up drafting your number one wide receiver this year because there's not a lot of value out there in free agency, even though you have all the cap space. And I think you saw two things. Ryan Poles believes in Justin Fields by adding this year with nine games left this season uh, for the Bears to play. And then also, you look at the free agent market, and there's not a lot out there. We've talked about it before. Nelson Aguilar, Juju Smith-Schuster, like, there's not a lot of stuff out there. So making this trade is getting ahead of the game a little bit, I think, and saying, hey, we've got money to spend, but we're spending our draft capital on wide receivers And that's how we're going to do it. Like, we're not going to draft one. We're going to trade for one who's a proven commodity. I think it's also interesting that uh, if you look at it from this perspective, like you mentioned, he's not true number one. I don't know if he needs to be to help the overall 
health of the offense as far as the ability to score points. You know, ideally, he'll be able to add in and be a player where maybe Darnell Mooney is a little bit better in this situation. Oh, yeah. Maybe Cole Komet's a little bit better. Maybe, you know, having a guy like EQ St. Brown in a situation where he's not the second wide receiver on most passing plays as, as far as options go, maybe, you know, he is in a better role. And maybe that's where it kind of all starts to piece together for this Bears offense is that Claypool may not be up to speed initially, uh, but maybe he doesn't have to be against the Dolphins or next week. Maybe maybe it's okay if he is just out there for 20% of the plays, but on those 20% of the plays, maybe Darnell Mooney breaks open on a few, and those are chunk plays for the Bears offense. I, I think that's mm-hmm. where, and we talked about it on that Tuesday podcast of the Black and Abdallah show, how you know th- this all starts to make more sense with having an additional body. And when we head into the offseason, that's where you go get your number one wide receiver. You're going to have a first-round draft pick. You're going to have another second-round pick. You'll have draft capital to either move back or to go get a wide receiver. That's the spot. Cap space, spend it on your defensive and your offensive lines. But go out and get a wide receiver who you can then control. Uh, as far as a rookie deal goes, and then add him to this group where you have Mooney, a solid two. You have uh, Claypool, a solid two. And then, boom, now you're talking about Now you're looking at something. If you could land a, a, a really good one wide receiver for with a draft pick in this upcoming draft, now you're talking about a wide receiver core that resembles some of the best in the league. Look at the Rams. Look at the Bengals. Teams that have three solid B-plus or above wide receivers, and that's what hopefully the, the Bears can kind of build for Justin Fields. Chase Claypool on Wednesday was at Hallis Hall. He talked about uh, this opportunity being exciting for the wide receiver. I think just the way they perceive me here, obviously they, they went out and got me, so I think that says a lot about how they feel about me. So I think just the, the opportunity um, that they, they kind of gave me by picking me up. What skills does Chase Claypool bring to the offense? I'm a playmaker, and I'm, and I'm excited to make plays. I feel like I didn't have uh, you know the full opportunity to show what I can do um, this year, but I think I've been able to show that in the past, and uh, I'm excited to be able to gain that trust with Justin, too, where he knows if he needs a play, he can come to me, and frankly, probably any receiver out there. So um, that's just a, a dynamic playmaker is, is the guy that the Bears are game. A playmaker. That's what uh, jo- uh, Chase Claypool calls himself, and I think that's where it's going to help Justin Fields throwing balls uh, that are 50-50 balls that the wide receiver can come down with, which we haven't really seen from this group of wide receivers to this point in the season. Yeah, and I think this is, you know, the next two weeks are good weeks to get him going, too, right? You've got a Dolphins team that ranks 29th against the pass uh, in defensive DVOA, and I think you've got a Lions team that we know is the worst defense in the NFL. So if you're going to get him going and get him some looks this weekend and next weekend, that's the perfect time because you've got some tough defenses coming up for sure. But this is an opportunity for now for, for growth now. And that's why I thought that they should have gone out and gotten a guy like DK Metcalf, right? Get a dis- or Debo Samuel, get a disgruntled wide receiver this year. Oh, well, they're not going to win anything this year. It doesn't matter. It takes time to build chemistry with your wide receivers. Like we're seeing it with Aaron Rodgers, how like he doesn't have any chemistry with these guys and the offense isn't working. Now, I'm not saying that Justin Fields is Aaron Rodgers, but the, now you have nine games with Chase Claypool 
and Darnell Mooney. And I know they've had, like, we've talked about it before last year, right? After practice, when Fields wasn't getting reps with the first team, he and Darnell Mooney would hang out after practice and throw to each other. And he would throw routes to Darnell Mooney, and they got chemistry. And that has helped this season. And I think if you have these games for as like, uh, hey, get to know each other, figure out each other's tendencies and that kind of thing, that only helps next season, which is why I thought it was imperative not to do this, uh, not to do this move at the end of the season, but make this move now at the trade deadline so you still have a majority of the season left to get familiar with each other. The quarterback, Justin Fields, on his initial reaction to the Bears adding Claypool to the team. Yeah, I mean, I was excited, of course. You know, he's a playmaker, uh, big body, uh, athletic, fast, um, you know, great, you know, 50-50 ball catcher so um, you know I was excited of course and you know just seeing what he can do in practice of the different things uh, that we do in practice the routes that we give him so just really just practicing with him and you know getting to throw with him a little bit that'll just you know help me find out you know what he's best at doing so that's Justin Fields on Wednesday talking about Claypool and then Matt Eberflus also talked about trying to get Claypool acclimated to the Bears organization Chase you know is obviously a, a big target that we acquired uh, he was just out there at walkthrough, uh, looked really good. You know, he's out there just learning the plays. So he obviously he just got here this morning, had his physical this morning. So um, we had a chance to meet on the phone yesterday. That was a, a really good conversation about, you know, our standards and how we do things here, how we work and how we go about our business. I think it's important that when we acquire new players, uh, be it th- through the draft or midseason like this, that we onboard them the right way, you know, because it's so important that the standards in which we go about our day-to-day operation, you know, how we're going to be on time, how we're going to be respectful, how we're going to work hard. Um, and those are really our bare essentials that we talk about. And uh, that's an important piece for that. And he'll see that with the other guys. So there you go. Matt Eberflus and getting Claypool up to speed on how the organization gets their business done. It's interesting to hear uh, Eberflus like kind of talk openly and honestly about how like the process of a player coming over uh, kind of takes place. Well, like he's got a, a philosophy and like a culture that he's trying to establish, right? And like, not saying that Claypool comes from a bad culture. He probably comes from one of the best cultures in the NFL with Mike Tomlin, right? Like Mike Tomlin knows how to establish a football team and establish a culture. So coming in, he's probably have to learn some new terminology and stuff like that. But you might also just tell him, hey, just go out there and run. And like, see if Justin can find you. Like, try to get open, and Justin will make something happen, and try to get you the football, like that kind of. This is where it's imperative for Fields to go through his progressions, and when he's trying to make something out of nothing, like we've seen the last couple weeks, where they're rolling him out, or he escapes the pocket and runs around a little bit. Uh, to to go through his progressions and maybe see if Claypool can get a beat on his defender and find a way to make a play, right? Luke Getzey on Thursday talked about the addition of Chase Claypool and ramping him up to get him ready for game action with the Chicago Bears. We're happy to have him, though. We're excited to have him. I think, uh, you know, just his physical presence or already you see the guy walk in the door and you're excited about what uh, what he could bring for to our team. As far as getting him ready uh, for us, uh, you know, the, the COVID year kind of did some really cool things in the sense of, like, how to prepare somebody for, well, like, this guy's out, and then you have to have somebody kind of out of nowhere playing in a game. Um, so we have some really cool tools to help him learn what he needs to learn uh, quickly uh, with not having a coach with him for 24 hours a day. Uh, so we're, I think he'll be okay. We'll make sure that he uh, uh, he's ready to rock and roll for whatever his role might be uh, come Sunday. Well, Luke Getze uh, says this on Thursday. Will uh, Claypool help Mooney and Komet? Here's Getze. Anytime that you have good players, it helps everybody. I mean, that's just part of it, right? I mean, that's... Uh, 
the more good players you put around each other, then it lifts the, the game, it lifts the level of play for everybody. So it's not just those two. I think it's everybody. Um, you know, if Chase can come in here and uh, adapt our culture, adapt our play style, uh, grab onto that, grab a hold of that playbook so that he can uh, execute at a high level, then it's going to help everybody, not just those two. So as Luke Etsy on Thursday, the Bears prepare for the Dolphins. So Chase Claypool now in the mix for the Chicago Bears at wide receiver. Uh, the Bears, they lose on Sunday to the Cowboys, 49-29. to Justin Fields was fantastic, though. And all of the conversation on the last podcast recorded was how good the offense looked, how the quarterback is developing. A lot's taking place throughout this week. But now let's focus in. Week 9, the Miami Dolphins come to town. The Dolphins have been a good team this season. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa and the very dangerous weapons that they have Hill and Waddle, as far as wide receivers go, it's going to be a tall task for this Bears defense that has really, really struggled to this point this season. Now they're without Roquan Smith, who was traded away this week. And so each week we're ripping off a piece of a solid defensive unit that uh, had had like leaders on the defensive side. Now the leaders left Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson. That's kind of what you've got for this Bears defense, and you got a tough situation on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to them, uh, Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor, to stop these guys, right? Because this is a pass-happy offense. Like, this is an offense that runs with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Like, they're speedsters, right? Like, you can't blitz these guys. Because if you blitz and you let a defender get past you, like with Waddle or, uh, Waddle or uh, Hill get past your defender, you're screwed. Essentially, like this is how they this is how they get a majority of their offense. You know, Tua Tunga Vailoa on throws of ten or more yards has the number one passing grade and the number two passer rating and the number one completion percentage in the NFL right now. And it's because of those guys. Like Tua Tunga Vailoa has gotten progressively better this season when he's been healthy. He had obviously the concussion issues and missed a few weeks, and so. Because of that, his wide receivers have been carrying this team, and they've been playing really well when Tua's been out there. You can't blitz them, because if you blitz them, you're screwed. You can't let them get behind you, because then you're screwed. So this team that's struggled to stop the run, they're actually the Bears actually have a decent passing defense. Their passing defense isn't horrible. And their second-half defense, we've talked about it, isn't horrible. So if you can get in a shootout but kind of keep it close, your defense has been giving you a chance in the second half. They rank... 32nd in the first half in defense and fourth in the second half in defense. So, I mean, this is a team that really struggles to stop teams in the first half, but you have to find a way to keep it close. And I think you can. Like, the last couple of weeks when we've said, hey, this is a time for Justin Fields to shine, and he has been, he's kind of proven us right and said, hey, you can, you can score. I didn't think they'd be able to score that much on Dallas, but they did. But this is a team in uh, Miami that's 29th against the pass in defensive DVOA, there's going to be opportunities for you to do this and for you to be able to score. And I think that Justin Fields hopefully keep up. I would be excited to see a shootout in this game. And hopefully the Bears keep it close, and then you find a way to win at the end. Well, and, and it's certainly possible that that could be the, the situation. The Dolphins' defense yards per play defensively, the 26th overall in the NFL. The Bears' number one strength is running the football. Here's the problem. Miami is sixth against the run in yards per game. Mm -hmm. Through the air, though, they're (laughs) bad. Yeah. The Dolphins are 26th in pass defense yards per game. So Justin Fields has an opportunity, which you've pointed out throughout this entire season, 
to take advantage of another bad pass defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this also comes down to this concept where the run game and the short uh, third third down play, second down plays, really buy into this idea that then Justin has the full playbook as hands, and then he'd be able to be successful in those situations. If the run game's getting stuffed on first down, and it's second and nine, second and 11, and then on second down, you're forced into a situation where you're like, all right, let's get half of that yardage back. So then you may, you know, you do another run play and you're at, you're sitting at third and seven. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be a tough situation for the Bears. But I think it is interesting that against the pass here, the Dolphins are susceptible and, and it is possible that maybe this is going to be a third consecutive very nice game from Justin Fields. If that's the case, like we really are now like looking at the trajectory of a player who's starting to come into his own. And two quick numbers on the Miami defense, because the focus for them is really their offense, but their defense in the first half, 29th, so just as bad as the Bears. The Bears are 32nd, dead last, but the Dolphins are 29th in the first half in defense. And also their red zone defense, 29th as well. So if you get into the red zone, you better convert because this is one of the worst defenses in the NFL in the red zone. The Bears, actually, their their red zone offense, 17th. So a little better than I think we give them credit for because we were hammering them the first you know five, six weeks of the season where we're saying, hey, what is this 0 for 3 in the red zone? What is this you know 1 for 4 in the red zone stuff? Like you can't have that. You have to be able to score. And so it, it's going to be limiting what Waddle and Hill do and what Tua uh, Tua throwing them the ball. But also, like, you have to take advantage in the first half. You have to score in the first half. Because in the second half, both these teams kind of lock down on defense and the game kind of slows down a lot. And if it's close, you might find a way at home to win a football game. And I think that, the, like, I... I know it's a four and a half point favorite. The Dolphins are, are you know, 12th in overall DVOA. Like, they're a very good team. But I think that the Bears can win this game. I don't know if they're going to. I think they can cover. But I think that there's a path for the Bears to win this game. And I think it comes down to this defense holding Tua to short throws. I mentioned the numbers with him uh, of yard of passes of 10 more yards down the field, right? He's first in completion percentage. He's first in passing grade, whatever. He's the best when it com- in the NFL right now when it comes down to throwing the ball more than 10 yards down the field. However... Waddle and Hill have the sixth worst yards after the catch in the NFL. So if you limit them to short throws, you can stop them because these guys don't get all their air. It's all air yards for Waddle and Hill. Sure. They get like Hill. I think this was his problem with in Kansas City, too, is that he catch the ball and fall right down. And I and same with Waddle, catch the ball, fall right down. So if you can limit Tua in this offense to short throws, his checkdowns, maybe you know something that he goes over the middle a lot too. So as long as you're tackling them over the middle, which you're, which they've been able to do so far, the Bears with Eddie Jackson and and Jalen Johnson and those guys, Kendall Vildor, those guys, they've been able to do that. So as long as you hold them to short throws and kind of slow the not slow the game down, but limit the big plays, the big chunk plays. I think you can find a way to shut down this offense. It's going to be tough, but there's ways to do it. Absolutely, and that's where I I think this is going to be a really good game. I don't know if I would necessarily say that I I think the Bears will win this game. I I think Miami is still the better team. It's going to come down to mistakes. If, If the Bears can play clean football and you don't have penalties, you don't have turnovers, I, I think you're right. I think everything points to the Bears being in this contest. 
And I think that's where we saw over the month of October, the Bears were in games, but then when it got to the end, it was mistakes that cost them the victories. Uh, Velas Jones being notable for two of those games, which like it's crazy to think about because if you somehow get if you got one of those games, you're sitting here at four and four. Mm -hmm. And I feel the attitude about this team would be a little bit different. What if you got two of those? You're sitting there at five and three. Now now you're talking playoffs, which is just insane to think about for a team that has been trading away their best players on defense (laughs) and and they're not supposed to be winning games. So it should be a really good game on Sunday. The Bears and the Dolphins uh, noon kick at Soldier Field. We were saying before, if you if you missed the big news on ESPN 1000 from Tuesday, check out the podcast here on the ESPN Chicago app from the Carmen and Yurko show, the Waddle and Sylvie show, and the Black and Abdallah shows right there on the ESPN Chicago app. Huge ESPN 1000 news. We will have more content going forward, more information, more stuff revolving around that news that was announced on those podcasts on Tuesday. So check them out if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, We will have more to come your way here on the Bear Down podcast as we head into the future. 2023 is going to be a great year for the Bear Down podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. Bears Dolphins this Sunday, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we bring to you the Bear Down podcast. And also we have Bear uh, Black and Abdallah weeknight 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. We'll talk to you on Tuesday after the Bears and Dolphins on Sunday.